Hi, I'm Aaron, and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, a podcast all about, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I will be interviewing artists and exploring the genre I love. My hope is that you will begin to love it as much as I do, if not more. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming podcast news. All right, let's get into it. All right. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm with my main man, Big Al Harrison, otherwise known. I've noticed you go by Biggie as well in, in your yes, sir. in your music. And, you know, as, as an East Coast-based artist, like I know you're living in LA right now, but obviously I can tell even in listening in your music, you've got the East Coast definitely as part of the vibe in terms of what motivated you, but... Did you do you ever feel like that name Biggie is representing so much purely because of the artist Biggie Smalls? Yeah, I mean, I I get a lot of that for real. You know, it's like that that name carries weight, and even even being from um from Harlem, born in Harlem, my real name is Big L, so people associate me with the legend Big L too as well. So that's why, like in one of my videos, I pay homage to that for real. So you know. Well, you've got the the two big, honestly, the the big punches in East Coast music. In my opinion, they both fit in my top five. Um, big and Big L and Big L. I think both their careers we didn't really see that much of and see their potential. But hopefully, my fingers are crossed, we get to see your full potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a uh, more and more. You know, I just start listening to my stuff and seeing the type of stuff that I've done and what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, a lot of a lot of people need to see my face and hear my voice. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that time is is coming soon. Well, I think the interesting thing for you and like listening to your music is you go back to that 90s style of hip hop. It's not, you know, the trappy beats. It's still more of a modern beat, but you've also got those, you know, the grimies, the 90s are back. So I was wondering for yourself, like, is that a conscious decision? Did you just find that your voice matches with more of 90s style hip hop? Or is it you just want to stay into to what really hit you when you were younger? Really, really with me, because I got a, I got a lot of older brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? My my dad was born, he was actually born in 1946, and he was a Vietnam veteran. So my oldest brother, he was um he was born in 60, 69, I believe. And he he was a you know, he was a legend back in the back in the day and stuff. So in Harlem, he he um did music, he helped helped Teddy Riley and stuff out getting his start in the music industry. And you know, like just being around them type of people, my older brothers and stuff, I learned a, a whole lot about the game before I was, you know, when I was young, like, so when I was like five, 10 years old, you know, I'm way more advanced in everything that I'm doing than to my peers. Like I, I understand what I really want to do in the future. I already knew what I wanted to do once I was young. And, you know, that's, that's all I'm doing is just keep tapping into that. But I just gravitate towards that. Cause that's just the type of stuff that I've been around my whole life. And like that type of music, I feel like it wasn't like, it wasn't as much care to like, like people didn't care about like all the, I want to say like all the extra politics that go with, with hip hop and stuff today. Like you got to look a certain way, you got to dress a certain way, you have to sound a certain way in order to find success. And I'm just like, not, I wouldn't say I'm totally against it, but I just do my own thing. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather just do what I love to do, you feel me? And not let nobody else influence my sound. Yeah, I think it's an interesting time for a young artist, especially because of that. You know, you see what quote unquote success looks like where in reality, like, you know, the the artists that still pay homage to where hip hop comes from is still an important part of, you know, where it continues to go rather than, you know, there isn't that that much of a push for lyricism. And I think you you go back to really focusing on what you say is important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like. I mean, I, I got I to gotta find blend of it because that's why it's like, you know, I 
I, I rap how I rap and everything like that, but I still wanted to where it's like people could, you know, catch on and, and sing along to the lyrics easily too, you feel what I'm saying? So, but yeah, like what I was saying, like it's it's a fine line in between you. I definitely, I, I think I'm a good mix in between. I still keep it classic, but it ain't like it's like something that you don't want to listen to, you know what I'm saying? I feel like some people are gifted lyricists, but I just don't want to sit around and just, you know, <laughs> listen to that sometime, you feel me? So I think I got a good mix in between. It's like, it's it's deep enough to where it's like, you got to dig a little deep to understand what I'm saying, but it's still like not too hard to catch along to, you feel me? So. Yeah, I think you got to have a, a tonality. There's like, you know, I I personally am not a fan of just bland rappers. They may say the best thing ever, but I need to see, feel the passion. I need to feel that hit. I need to like hear the difference in their flows. But some rappers are really lyrical, but they just don't have that in their voice. And then I just can't listen to it. So I think you you hit that blend of being able to hit punchlines hard, but also be able to say something that is, that is meaningful as well. That's meaningful, yep. Growing up though, like, you know, obviously you know, older brothers and sisters, like your brother is considerably older than, than what you are. I'm assuming, I mean, you don't, you don't look much older than, you know, I wouldn't say you're older than like 25. Right. So, um, yeah. So like, how was it growing up with, you know, older, older brothers, older sisters and, and that influence around, you know, obviously, um, that, that plays a part in your development that you probably develop a lot faster than a lot of others. Well, well, when I was uh, when I was three years old, my my father actually he actually went to jail. He went to jail. He went. He spent ten years in prison. So all I really had was my mom and my and my older brothers for real, my older sister. So I really had to lean to them to, to learn some, you know, to learn stuff about life. And I had to grow up faster than a lot of kids. You know what I'm saying? And growing up in situations like that, it just you know it, it changes you. It makes you different, but. You know, a lot of kids that I grew up with was in the same situation as me, but just being from that that military background, just having them older brothers to keep me straight. And I just, and I'm not, like, I'm stubborn when it comes to some stuff, but most of the time I'm always learning and listening and always wanting to find something else new. So that's why just having older brothers and I just, you know, follow how they, how they how followed a lot of their footsteps while still doing my own thing at the same time. So that's why I was like, you know, it's was, it was definitely pivotal though, just having them older brothers. Cause I, I always imagine if I didn't have them, if I was like an only child just being with my mom, you know what I'm saying? Even though I had to grow up fast, I still had that that support system that, you know, to keep pushing me, you feel me? So. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I've spoken to, to people as well and they, and I have single mothers and it is difficult being an only parent and it is difficult being an only child and having older older siblings that can step up and fill that role at times is definitely a blessing in disguise. I'm sure they look at it as a blessing as well that they could, you know, see you develop and see you grow into the person you've become. But I was going to ask that experience of, do you remember when your father went to prison? Do you remember how you felt as a kid or is that more of a blur? I mean, I have vague memories of because I can remember a lot even when I was like three from the smallest things like I, I just I just knew that he was always there for us you feel what I'm saying back back in the day like he was really always there for us and I got 24 siblings I got 17 brothers and I got seven sisters wow so, and he was there for every single one of us you know what I'm saying um but when he went to jail it was almost like he was gone, but he wasn't gone because he still made sure that he was in our lives, like giving us phone calls and stuff and just, you know, communicating with us, doing what a father should do, just be there for his children. You feel what I'm saying? So when he got out, it was kind of it was kind of different, though. You know what I'm saying? He calmed down a lot. So it's like moving with him that first year it was like. It was like one of the, the most challenging years in my life because I, I lived in New York the whole time with my mom. And then I moved down to Virginia with him and I and I went to high school and stuff in Virginia and I went to college in Virginia too. So it was just like being with him that first time, but we, we bumped heads a lot and I was, you know, thinking about going back to, to New York. But I know like all he was really trying to do was just 
just make me become the best version of myself that I could be. And I needed that. I needed that from him. You know what I'm saying? And then after that first year, he was like my like my best friend for real. Like honestly, we we were inseparable. We was doing everything together. So that's awesome to hear. I'm I'm interested to know why you you moved down with your your dad after being with your with your mum in you. Like was there like a moment or a reason that you know the the move happened? Yeah, it's really like the area, the, the you know the the things that was going on, the people that we was around. I feel like my mom wanted to get us out of there so we could, you know, so we could experience something new around more different people and more like opportunities and better schools and stuff like that. So going down to Virginia, it was like definitely pivotal. But when I went down there, it was like, it, it surprised me how, how much people from up north was in Virginia, like people from New York and stuff and everything. Like then I started getting into like listening to like, Pusha T and shit like that. I always was a fan of Pharrell and Pusha T, but I really started diving deeper in their catalog and stuff. And definitely, like, Virginia is underrated with, as far as artists, the, the scene and stuff, the type of people that came out of there. So, like, it's a lot of list music that I listen to and it's people from Virginia, you feel me? So I was in, I was in, actually, in, I was in Richmond, Virginia. So, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's a, it's a different vibe down there, but I love it too. That's like my second second home out there for real so how would you describe the vibe in virginia versus new york because i'm down here in australia so i've never been to like <laughs> mainland us i've only been to hawaii um but how would you describe the vibe for people who've never been to to either state new york is uh new york is is fast paced you gotta you know you gotta be aware you have to look out you gotta be on you, you on the move you it, the city never sleeps for real you feel what i'm saying but there's a lot of opportunity if you if you really want to make something happen and you are and you a hustler like you got that's new york's the place for you you just gotta you know not be afraid to to go through the tough times if you don't got nobody no family or nothing out there you feel me and you know the vibe in virginia is more like it's 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 like a mix between southern and up north because you could get a lot of people that got the the crazy down south accent, but it's a lot of people from like D.C. and New York down there too. So it's like it's a it's a it's a perfect blend of of like deep south and like northern people. Like telling you, like because Virginia is not is like D.C. for real too. Like so that's why it's you know it's a different vibe though. It got a lot of I know the music scene, they have a lot of lyrical people out there. They got the trap artists. They just it's like it's kinda like a kinda like a mini Atlanta, but more more lyricism based though, I wanna say. So it's got like a real melting pot, like a, a blend of all these different styles and all these different people that have that have moved. Yup, for sure. And so growing up, obviously you move to Virginia, you you start going to a new school. How's that experience of like transitioning your whole life, especially after, you know, New York is such a unique place to, to grow up and then, you know, can sometimes be almost like a shock to the system that, that you're in a new environment. How was that experience of jumping into a new school and, and starting almost fresh? Yeah, man, like I remember just going down there and it was like, Cause it was it was a big school. The high school I went to was Hermitage High School, and at, like my my older brother and sister, they they've been in Virginia a couple of years, so they actually was down there. They graduated high school and stuff from there. And my um my sister, she was a she was a uh, all American in high school, national champion and all that. She's a uh, Olympian too, pro herd, pro uh, track and field hurdler. So she um broke some records in college for the 100 and 400 hurdles and stuff like that. She went to the Olympics in 2008. Um, so just like going down there, like I had to, a lot of people didn't know who I was at first and you know, my accent and stuff. So I'm the new dude. So they want to test me and see where I'm at. But a lot of people tried to test me at first and, you know, I, I always stay solid how I am and be how, be how I am. So, Probably like after a month, everybody in the school started knowing me. Like I remember it was this um this one girl that everybody had a crush on, like since they was going to middle school and stuff with her. And then like I go out there and 
she, you know, she feeling, <laughs> she feeling the swag instantly. <laughs> so everybody started just hating on me. You feel what I'm saying? And I don't even got as much money. I'm going to school with, like these rich kids. It's like it's a mix of everything. It's hood kids, it's rich kids, white kids, all that, Spanish kids, all that. So they always rocking with me because I've just always been myself for real. I ain't really treat nobody differently. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody, I treated treated equal. I want to say so. But yeah, after the after the first year, you know, my name starts getting out. I was playing basketball and shit, and like most of the coaches, once they found out who my my sister was, they tried to stop make let me play basketball and just putting me fully into track and field. So I didn't really start running track till my my like seriously till my senior year in high school, and I was all American in high school. And I was all American in college too, and you know what I'm saying I I feel like if I would have started earlier and like really pushed for it, I definitely would be like Olympics and shit like that. But you know, I love the music more anyway, so I was like I never really could give it like my 100. percent You feel me? Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Do you have any music that you went to while you were training, like? For me, the part of the love of hip hop is that when I listen to hip hop, it helps me go to the gym. It helps me like stay motivated. You know, you just get this song and you're like, oh, like I just feel that that intensity. Did you have the same thing when you were training, you know, doing the athletics running? Oh, for sure. For sure. Because I'll be telling people my story all the time. Like I started, I came out of high school. I was I was a recruited walk on for a division two school called Virginia State University. So I was there, I didn't get it, I didn't have a scholarship. I was like recruited, but I was a walk-on. So I had to earn my scholarship. My first year running, there's dudes that's running faster than me and stuff like that. But you know, I'm I'm pushing myself to another level now. I'm eating different, I'm working out, I'm doing all doing all the little things that you need to do in order to be successful in, in, in the athletics. So you know, I'm I'm pushing it with dudes. I was all American and stuff like that. So my all American, our four by four team was one of the best in the country. And I told myself in high school, I like I'm gonna make that team the first year I could run. So my freshman year, I made the the four by four team, and we was all American. We broke the school record for the time. And you know, what I'm saying after that, it was a goal. The next year, I'm 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 all conference. I'm making nationals, all that stuff. And individual events and then I earned my scholarship and you know I did my two years there and then I always wanted to out of high school I always wanted to go to a school called VCU um so VCU is about 45 minutes away it's like the biggest college in in this in the city of Richmond but you know I, I pushed myself to that limit and then you know, so happened, like things happened how it did. I transferred and went there. And then my first year at VCU, I broke every, like damn near every single record at the school. You feel me? And graduated there. So, and it was crazy because Virginia State is a HBCU. So that's a historically black college. And VCU is a PWI. So, you know, I talk about my experiences a lot there. Like even on top of when I was doing track and doing school and all that type of shit. I was still, you know, making music too and doing videos and everything. So that's why I'm like, I know I left a lasting impression, you know, to everybody that's, you know, come in contact with me and has known me. Like I always, you know, always been working. So, and always believed in myself and always never made excuses about anything. You feel me? Definitely. Did you have like a time where you were considering not doing music did you have a time where you were like actually you know because when you see success in multiple fields and the music industry is uh, difficult like you know athlete athletics as well also really difficult but the difference is I guess that when you're an athlete your career starts really young and then when you're in music it actually can be five to ten years later that you actually get into the music so did you have any periods of time where you weren't a hundred percent on music and were contemplating going athlete full-time? You know, I, I thought about it cause you know, you get a, you get a lot of pressures from different, different types of people. I used to let a lot of other people dictate like where I should go and what I should do. But you know, I, as I got older and I got out of college, I said, 
you know, I got to I got to do what I want to do. I got to do what I feel in my heart is what I got to do. And I don't care how hard it is or how how long it takes. I'm going to do I'm going to live how I want to live because I can't look back. If I can't look back on it, when it's something I want to remember and shit, then it's like it ain't it's not worth it. You feel me? So. And, you know, what I'm saying I contemplated like once in a while, but it's like now nah, I'm like I'm. I'm, I'm talented with this shit. I got a gift, so I I have to. I gotta show the world who, who I am. You feel me? So I feel like people could could get a lot of inspiration from hearing my story and seeing everything that I've been through. You feel me? Yeah, and I think the almost the the important part is of your story is that you know you get a lot of pressure from a lot of different people to tell you not to do something or tell you that you have to go down a specific path, but you know, if you know in your heart that you should be doing something else, you got to follow that dream. You got to follow the passion because at the end of the day, you know, something I've said on this podcast before is I don't want to look back on my life and have regrets that I didn't try something that I didn't go for it. Even if it's not successful or it doesn't work, I'll never regret that I went for it, um, which is why I started the podcast. But, you know, and I think a lot of people feel pressured not to take the risk they feel pressured not to go after something even though they want it yeah i feel that 100 percent for that 100 percent how did you overcome that that pressure though like what did you need to do to be like you know what i know what i want man for real like definitely like these past two years it's been the the biggest changes in my life for real because 2018 uh, well, I graduated college December 8th, 2018, and, and my dad, he, he passed away a day Sorry before Christmas. So, yeah, he passed away a day before Christmas. So, you know what I'm saying? That's, that shit stuck with me. And just that. And then, you know, I was after he passed away, I, I, I came back to Virginia because we, we actually went up to New York to uh you know celebrate me graduating and stuff like that and spend some time with my with my mom and my family um so and then you know it just just changed me and I came back to Virginia and it was like all of the burdens that was that was in the house that we had and stuff I had to pick up them responsibilities because you know what I'm saying he he was gone so nobody else was gonna do it you feel me so I was just, you know, working nonstop. I was, I was broke. You know what I'm saying? I was down to like, I was down to my last, my last shit. And I'm just hearing so much stuff from every direction about what I should do and all that. And, you know, I, I you know, I was, I was doing like fucking DoorDash and shit, like mad shit, you know, the struggle, man, like really struggling, yo. Like, like negative account, all that type of shit selling shit on eBay, like, I got to get creative, you feel what I'm saying? But I got to, um, you know, I got a, a good job after a while, and you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I, I could have made, like, 100000 like, in my first year, but I, I really just had to sit down one day, meditate on it, and I just asked myself, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Do I want to, do I want to sit down and, and just put my dreams on hold, or do I want to do what I got to do now? And just leave. And I had a feeling that I just had to leave and go back to New York to get right for real. So I quit the job. I packed everything in my my 2001 Lexus. Everything I had went back to New York. And, you know, that's one thing, too. I got I, I worked the job a little and gave my family down there some money so they could be right. And then I went back to New York. And then that's when I really tapped in and just started for real going back on my vintage wave and. You know what I'm saying? Like my my biggest video I ever shot, it was in January. My my video, if y'all ain't seen this on YouTube right now, um 30, 34,000 views or some sort of shit like that. But it got way more on the internet everywhere. But you know, like before that even dropped, my mom passed away. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. My mom passed away a couple of days on on New Year's, and you know what I'm saying? Them shits happened back to back for me. And you know, I always wanted to come to California and I've been talking about it for years and it's inspired me a lot just the movies and music and stuff out here so I had to come out here and experience it myself so I just you know I, I was working up there did my music I just said you know what 
you don't know anything that happened, you know, you know what I'm saying? I just lost the two most important people in my life. And I just asked, I just told myself, like, if you don't do something now, then you ain't never going to do it. You feel what I'm saying? So I just dropped all that shit and came out here now, too. So I'm, 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 I'm a lot more more fearless about shit now because, I, like you said, I don't want to look back with no regrets. I'm going I'm to go and chase and do what I want to do now. You feel me? Take them steps now. So I guess, I mean, one of the hardest periods of time is losing a parent, let alone losing two parents in such a short period. And I appreciate you you sharing that as well. But I was going to ask you, what was that process for you to to be okay? Like, how do you move on from something like that? And I guess you don't, you never move on, but how do you live with it and not let, let you like, you know, I hear a lot of stories of people going down a rabbit hole and they, they start making decisions that don't help them in the long run. But how did you, you know, get into that mindset of like, all right, now I got to, you know, keep going and keep moving forward. You know, I just see it like, Cause one thing, one thing my father told me before he passed away, he told me, don't miss me, be me. So that's a powerful, powerful quote. And I know my mom, we, we always, we all, her, me and her had a different type of connection when it came to like the, um, the universe and shit, like in the afterlife, you know what I'm saying? Like what happened? So I feel like the energy never dies. It, it just always gets, you know, transferred into something else, but they always there with me. I feel like I still feel their presence and I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't feel like they're going. I feel like just us being in the body we in now, that's not who we are. It's like the, the soul is what make a person and everything like that. You feel what I'm saying? And that'll never die. I just always remember them and just, and I still, and I still live for them. I know they still in my life. So that's why I just, yeah, I just came to accept it. And when you lose loved ones, you know what I'm saying? It's like you don't you don't want to go through life suffering. So I feel like everybody goes when they're supposed to, you feel what I'm saying? So I'll I don't question the timing on things. It happens, everything happens when it does for a reason. So that's why I'm like, I'm just thankful that I got the love for my parents and they really, they really cared for me and they wanted they they wanted the best for me, you feel me? So I can't. You know, I got to just keep it moving. I got a song called Keep It Moving. That's what it is. You just got to keep it moving. And that's how you that's how you honor your, your your legacy. I think one of the the best things about you is more your mindset. Like you've you've got a very down to earth and grounded uh perspective on where you are as an individual and what you want to achieve. And I think, you know, a lot of artists struggle with that part of themselves obviously you know you start being an artist quite young so you don't really have a full identity and a full understanding of who you are and they're trying to be an artist but they're still trying to figure out who they are and I feel like you know speaking to you you have a lot of perspective on who you are as a person your your weaknesses your strengths and where you want to go long term yeah no that's 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 definitely definitely that's definitely me man I don't like I said I don't I don't, I don't, I don't judge nobody. I don't discriminate against anybody. I just be me, and I just, I just keep it real. That's it. Feel me. And how did your siblings handle those moments? Did you see? I'm sure you would have seen all the different, the different ways to to handle uh, challenges in life. Like I know the challenges in my life, and with my two younger brothers, I see the differences in the way that we just handle difficult things and just the way we deal with stuff but how did they handle those challenges all all of us are different you know because our parents definitely serve different they serve the same purpose but they all they all taught us our lessons in different ways you feel what i'm saying so i mean they they handling it i feel like they handling it like they should everybody Everybody got to move on when it's their time to. You can't, you can't force it. You gotta, you gotta feel those emotions. You feel what I'm saying? And they sometimes it be, you know, it be, it be getting me. Sometimes I just be thinking about a lot of, a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? That I could have did different, but you know, I, I know they wouldn't want me thinking like that. So that's why I just, just keep it going. I keep them in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit. You feel what I'm saying? I always talk about them. I always 
You know what I'm saying? No, but every, but everybody's not like me. Everybody's not going to move how you move. That's why you just got to do what you do and just, you know, just show love to the people that care for you. That's it. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of moving, how has it been since you've moved to LA? Like, how have you felt? Do you feel, you know, settled? Like, how do you feel in terms of music-wise? Are there, like, different challenges? How has it been in LA? Definitely is different challenges because... Now it's like I'm I'm so close and I really like being out here is way different than what people advertise on on like social media and stuff. Like you have to actually come out here and live to see what it's really like. Like it's not all glitters and glamours. It's like I be seeing a lot of shit that changed my mind and my opinion on everything. And I start to understand why a lot of rappers and celebrities move the way they do out here. It's like New York. You could, you know, you could fuck around being in the spot with some people. Same thing out here, but I feel like you got to be invited into certain circles or you have to, you got to have some type of like business type mindset, I want to say, when you out here, because everybody is with smiling your face out here and they'll be plotting on you too. You feel what I'm saying? And you have to be extra careful and definitely... Like the gang culture and shit, you know, you got to be mindful of the stuff you're wearing out here because people will, people will approach you, and you know what I'm saying like think you in the gang because of a certain hat or a certain article of clothing that you wear. So that's one thing that it made me more more um, aware about my surroundings and and shit like that. But music wise, I feel like I just approach it the same way. I just be me. I just talk about my life. I talk about the real. I just talk about what I want to talk about and don't let what's out here influence me. I fuck with the music out here, though. It's a different vibe, you know, but I, I'm still me. And that's what's been getting me to where I need to be for the for this the remaining time. You feel me? So. Definitely. What do you what do you think it is about L.A. that has that sort of mindset that's like, you know, smile to your face, but stab you in the back type? you know, mentality of, you know, that we can't succeed together, it sounds like. It's really because everybody, everybody does something out here. Everybody's, the movie industry is out here heavy too. You know what I'm saying? It's Hollywood. So everybody out here want to be a, want to be a star. They want to be this. They want to be that. They want to make the most money and shit. They want to drive the fat, the, the fancy cars. They want to show off, but I never been like that. So I don't struggle with just being around different type of people. Like I met, I met YG recently. I met um, Dom Kennedy. I met Danny Lay. I met a lot of people in music, yo. Like, and it's like they they was rocking, they was rocking with me because I'm just me. You feel me? I just, I just, I just be myself everywhere. You feel me? So I've been, I've been around a lot of people in the industry, producers and stuff now, and I'm just seeing it for what it is and just. You know, just just being myself. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like a moment in your career thus far that is like, all right, I know I'm on the right track, or something where you're like, all right, I know that what I'm doing is working. Like that a pivotal moment where you look back and you're like, that is to me that kind of encapsulates what I've done so far. Man, I I knew that I was doing something right. It's when um. Definitely, like, this past year, like, when it was my, my biggest video, I told everybody that this one was going to be the one that's going to get a lot of attention. So, uh, fucking Q-Tip retweeted it, and that's one of my favorite rappers ever. You feel what I'm saying? Q-Tip did. Benny the Butcher, he retweeted my stuff. Um, some people, um, Buckshot. A lot of 90s rappers that I grew up listening to, they started getting in tune and, and looking at the looking at my stuff and commenting on my stuff. And I was just like, like, damn, I'm like, yeah, I got to I got to keep going, you know, because I got like they people really listening and watching and they want to see they want to see what I do. And I'm you know, I'm getting into that that next that next mode where I'm where I'm in the room with, a you know, like a Jay-Z or type type rappers like that. I'm like, I know I'm in that 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 I'm close to that. You feel what I'm saying? So. People are, you know, it's just a couple more dots I got to connect, and I know it, too. And I, it's just 
it's all on me at this point. I, I got the bag. I just can't fumble it. I just got to keep going. You feel me? Just pushing strong. Well, we're the Hip Hop Hustle podcast is definitely riding the Big Al, the, the Big Al <laughs> wave. Because, uh, yeah, man, like when I saw your stuff, I was like, oh, shit, this is different. Like this is not what I see every day. Like I see, you know, the new school type rappers, but I don't see young artists doing what you're doing. So I think, you know, what what you're doing is essentially you're putting yourself out in a different market. You're just, you know, competing in something that's slightly different. You don't have to go through, you know, the same beats. This sounds the same as everybody else. Lyrics don't. So I was like, for sure. But um, no, nah, man, I think that, you know, you're definitely on the right path. And, you know, as you said, you just got to connect a few dots. But talking about inspirations, you mentioned legendary Q-tip. Um, do you have others that you're like, this is the type of artist I, I look at? You mentioned, obviously, Jay-Z as well. But do you have any artists that you're you're always watching and seeing what they do and the next move they make? Definitely. Um, I definitely want to say Nas, for real. Nas is, Nas is up there for me. And um, the the rapper that really the album that really made me want to start rapping and taking it serious was uh was Get Richard Dog Trying by Fifty Cent. You know what I'm saying? So that album changed me. It made me like that. The title is powerful. Is Get Rich or You Die Trying? Like there's no in between. You don't want to. That's what I'm saying. It's all about not having regret regrets. Just be fearless. Go chasing. Do what you want to do. And he inspired me a lot. 50 Cent inspired me a lot. That's why I wanted to have video games, do movies, all that shit. It's bigger than the music with 50, you feel what I'm saying? Like, it's bigger than the music. It always been. And that was like, that's one of the best albums ever for the simple fact that he was himself. He 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 really brought the he really brought the streets to a mainstream, mainstream level. You feel what I'm saying? It made it cool to, to just be a, you know, it's always cool being a street dude, but he did it. He did it so differently. He was he was commercial. He was a hit hit maker, and he was really a street dude. Like really, no lies, no lies in his story. Like he was really running with the with street people back in the day, and and, and brought it to the music perfectly. You feel what I'm saying? Like it's crazy. Like I had the DVDs, I had the Reebok, all that, <laughs> the video games, everything. Like Fifty Cent, yeah, yeah he's, he definitely yep had all of that, man. Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that because the the first album I ever got into was actually Fifty Cent's "Get Rich or Die Trying" as well. Like you know, I'm sure you look at me you're like white white guy from Australia. How are you talking about hip hop? How do you have a podcast that is dedicated? Nah, Fifty Cent was worldwide, man. He was worldwide, <laughs> but he was everybody yeah, could feel him. He was the first hip hop album I ever heard like it, it blew my mind it was just something that i'd never heard before and the thing about 50 and you touched on it was he knows how to make a song he knows how his hooks to me have always been the best hooks i think that he just knows how to craft an actual track rather than just making you know just bars i i don't think he's the most lyrical hip-hop artist we've ever seen but he knows how to put a song together which is you know, to me, unparalleled in the industry at the moment. Right. Yeah, nah, 50, 50, um, I'm trying to think what video it was. I think it was, might have been either Wankster or it was like all his videos. It was, everything was on 106 in part, man, for real. I think like people probably laugh at me too, but probably like the first artist that it was like, damn, now I got to do this shit. Was Lil Bow Wow? He's a legend too. Don't let nobody tell. Don't let nobody say Lil Bow Wow is not a legend. He was doing it big. He was in movies. He had platinum albums. Everything. He was. He was worldwide too. So it was Lil Bow Wow, Fifty Cent. They gave me the most inspiration to just go do it and do it while you're young. Just go. Just go do it now. You feel me? Don't. 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 Um. Be scared to. Don't be scared to go chase your dreams for real. Have you read 50 Cent's book, um, Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter? I I read a little bit of it. I gotta I could probably go check check it out. I gotta see where it's at. I never really listened to it. I listen to a lot of his interviews and stuff on YouTube, though. I see I listen to the audiobook. So like cause he is 
he's speaking in the audiobook. He actually reads it. So it's just cool to listen to. So I highly recommend. I think that's one of my my top ones. When I started listening to it, I couldn't stop. I used to just go for walks and just like whenever in the car, I'm just putting it on. It's just, yeah, I think he is more than just an artist. He is, like you said, he's he's just an interesting individual. He comes from nothing and he just has that, you know, never give up hustle mindset. Yup, he's always he's always in, he's always into something else. Like, hey, that's something like you don't even have. He didn't have to make music no more after that first album. He didn't have to make music no more. But he gave you another album that sold another million in the first week, just cause. And then he's like, "Fuck it, I did everything that a lot of rappers never did, and I and I kept it real while I'm doing it too." So, and he also you know signed. He also signed Mob Deep to G Unit Records, another you know iconic East Coast rap group with with obviously Prodigy and Havoc and Rest in Peace Prodigy. But you know he, I didn't you know I didn't realize he he actually uh, signed those artists as well. But when I look at the impact Fifty Cent has on you know hip hop culture, it it really changed. He changed the game. Yeah, he was Fifty was like the first to. I don't know. He was just, he was, he gave, he gave people in that, in like the early 2000s, he gave them that same type of, that same type of vibe that like a Tupac or a Biggie gave people. They was, they was larger than, they was larger than life. They was bigger than just hip hop. They was like iconic figures. You feel what I'm saying? Like really, like, that's why they still talking about that album 20, almost 20 years after it was made and they still talking about Biggie and Tupac to this day. Like, you feel what I'm saying? Like, in the club got a billion views on YouTube and that shit came out in 2003. You feel what I'm saying? Like, people are still checking for that shit every single day. And, like, it never... He, he, he created something that will stand the test of time. Everybody's gonna look back on that shit and be like, nah, this shit was... This shit is hard. Like, for real. He put his all in that shit. He was just himself un- unapologetic. Yeah, and obviously he had the team behind him as well, Eminem and Dr. Dre. And, yeah, and they, linking they, with them. You know what I'm saying? He, he didn't fumble that bag. A lot of people got with Dre and, and uh, Eminem and they didn't do half the shit that 50 Cent did so with one album, with one or two albums. You feel what I'm saying? So it's crazy. Yeah, you, you, you know, and he turned down a lot of other deals before he got... Eminem and he got Dr. Dre and New York artists going to LA as well. You know, that's obviously a risk that, that he took um, and something that, you know, you're, you're kind of following in those footsteps of, you know, you just move over, change the coast, change the scene. You find people that, that you want to work with. And, you know, at that time, obviously Eminem is the biggest hip hop artist of all time, but um, you know, and then 50 cent drops and, you know, there's videos of Eminem saying that like, you know, he was like, Shit, my career might be over. That's why I'm like, I think you know, I'm not giving no timetable on what I'm when I'm gonna stop. I'm never gonna stop making music, but I think I'm a pretty soon. I'm gonna just be focusing totally on just making movies and being in in films and shit because that's one of my biggest things I want to do too. So, so in terms of movies, do you have actors and actresses that you look to and are like? That is kind of the the route I want to take. Obviously, Fifty Cent has made the show power, um, but do you have like you know people who are in that industry that you are uh, look to for inspiration? Definitely, um, John Singleton, Spike Lee, uh, directors, different directors, different actors. Like definitely Michael B. Jordan too. I could I could see myself playing in like a boxing movie or anything like that. And shit, and then I also like one of my favorite shows ever is The Wire. I just recently started watching that again, and I'm yeah. watching Snow. I'm watching Snowfall now, so yeah, I could I could see myself on on um shows like that because my um you know what I'm saying Method Man was in. I get a lot of that from people too. People say I look like Method Man. I'll be laughing <laughs> like so I'll be like yeah, I could probably be in some some of the same type of shows that he was in too. Yeah, another person who who moved from you know Wu Tang, another iconic hip hop group. You know, nineteen ninety three they they released that album, Thirty Eight Chambers, and you know everybody from Wu Tang. Like to me, I look at Wu Tang, that is 
crazy what they managed to do. Um, yeah, like I still listen to their music right now and I'm like, damn, that shit is dope. Doesn't matter what anybody says, that shit is dope. Yeah, it's fire. Yeah, it's fire. They was, it's a real movement and that's why I'm doing some of this shit with, with my brothers like that now. I got so many brothers, so we just all came together and just created like our own our own label. So we're really, you know, we're really coming together now and really giving people that that Wu-Tang energy. Like everybody in my crew is nice. Everybody got their own style, you feel me? But we all out, we all out here for the same purpose, but we all just, you know, we just all elite in different in different facets. That's what it is. So And what's your next yeah. move? What do you say for this year? Obviously, COVID impacts last year. A lot of artists lose a lot of momentum in terms of you can't do shows. You don't have the same exposure. But, you know, what is your move for for 2021? 2021, um, you're going to be getting a lot more music. I'm just, you know, this year I'm going, I'm in, I'm in people's faces nonstop. I'm about to just... Just start going, just got going crazy. Y'all getting everything, freestyles, videos, projects. Y'all just getting a lot of content. And I'm going to just be nonstop more tactical with it and just more consistent and more frequent with it because I'm not about to just hide out and just, you know, I ain't going to, I'm not waiting no more. I'm, I'm going, I'm going all in now. You feel me? So, you know, I'm, I'm working though. And, these next videos, these next projects, these next pieces of content is going to change a lot more people's lives. You feel what I'm saying? So that's all I'm doing. I'm out here to motivate the people, get them moving, get them going, get them believing in themselves. You feel me? So that's what I'm here to do. And that's what I'm going to do more of this year. Well, I think we need it more than ever. You know, it's been a very hard year and I, you know, I hear it's still not ideal in, in the States, you know, down here, it's a little bit better. Like, uh, we just ease restrictions. We don't have to wear masks in like, you know, retail environments. Like we can go to people's houses. Like we haven't, we're sitting on zero cases. So um, no, it's it's pretty good down here. So if you ever need to come down, you can come down to Australia, get away from, you know, coronavirus and, uh, you know, hit up the, the Australian scene. Yeah. I'm not, now I always wanted to go out there. I always wanted to go to, I want to go to London I've been there before, but I never actually went in the city. I, um, you know, I flew there. I was going, I was going to Greece. I went to Greece in college, and I've been out there, and that shit changed my life too. Cause it's like, damn, it's like it's America is so small compared to the whole is the whole world. It's a whole world out there. Y'all can't, you can't, you can't think small. You got to think about everybody. You got to think like it's everybody out there watching you and there's billions of peoples and there's different cultures everywhere. And, you know, I just show love and respect to all of it for real. That's why I want to travel more. But Australia was definitely one of it. Australia, London, and I want to go to Africa and Asia too, like Japan and type shit like that. So I'm planning it all out. I'm just, it's all about just, just talking about what you want to do, manifesting it and then just going to do it because fuck it. What else, what's going to happen if it, if it don't work out, you feel me? Yeah, you're in the same spot you are right now. That's that's all that happens. But you know, you know, it's funny you mentioned Greece. One of my favorite trips was when when I went to Greece, and me and my brother had one day we crossed over on separate Europe trips, and uh, we had a night in Eos, and oh, did we get <laughs> did we get hammered? We went we went hard. I remember coming home. We walked. Me and my my mate we we left the club at seven in the morning. We took this long walk back, and uh yeah, nah, just going out there, it showed me, though, like, is it, it's people struggling everywhere because they show you the beautiful sides of Greece, but they don't really show you, like, the, the cities. Like, it's a real struggle. Like, people is really poor out there. A lot of people, like, you know what I'm saying? The living conditions is different, so you got to just, I just, I just live gratefully and, and, you know what I'm saying, and just be thankful because it could be a lot worse. It is a lot worse than other places that people don't understand that. You feel me? Yeah. Got to have compassion for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, the, the more we do that, the easier it is to, to help others. And, 
sometimes we just forget sometimes it's overwhelming but you know you can't you can't do that and you know you're, you're doing your bit by you know motivating and, and doing that stuff so that's that's really good man i was just gonna finish up because i do appreciate the time that you've you've given us and shown the insight into your career and your life but there's only one question i ever planned on this show there's all the rest are, are off the dome but this is the only one it's probably the hardest question you'll get if you had to recommend one album doesn't matter which genre other than your own that everybody should listen to what would it be So you hear that silence. Every episode, we have this moment of silence because every artist is like, "Ah, oh, shit, this is actually." I'm I'm trying to think. Should I go? Should I go the Kanye West route? Should I go the Jay Z route? Should I go the Nas route? It's a lot, though. You know, if I had one, I would tell everybody to listen to. Hmm. Then I think about Kendrick Lamar a lot too. Shit. I would either say some people should listen to I'm gonna do I'm gonna do three albums. People should listen to definitely listen to Illmatic from Nas. Listen to Man, I wanna say this let's just start from Illmatic with Nas. Nas, listen to Illmatic, listen to Kanye West. <sighs> I think we gotta take your first answer. I think we gotta take Nas All right, yeah, 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 we'll yeah. go. We'll go with Nas. Bro. I got three hours. I got three. Let's go. Yeah, we'll go with Nas. Listen to Illmatic. That, that's that's the album I feel like everybody should listen to. You know what I'm saying? It gets his just do, but when you listen, when you listen to how he was rapping on that album, and he was only what 20 years old, so I, you know what I'm saying? Like, definitely Illmatic. It got it got everything you need if you want to know about New York. New York in the '90s. If you want to feel like it, you in, you in that type of environment. Listen to listen to Nas because he perfectly tells you how it is in the city. Well, look, man, I think that's a, a great choice, um, and can't go wrong with with the classic hip hop album. Um, but for anybody that follows, obviously, make sure you hit up uh, Big Al Harrison. Check him out Spotify, YouTube, Twitter. Instagram as well and check out his music videos on YouTube. Um one of my favorite songs is I don't know, IDK. I, I love okay. the way that that feels and uh also ends no. Obviously I can't say that word, but yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. can say it. You can say it. I can't say it, but definitely check it out. You'll know you'll know <laughs> what I'm talking about, but um uh-huh. yeah, definitely definitely some of the tracks that i was listening to so definitely recommend you'll get you know a different vibe to what you used to you'll get a bit of the 90s back you'll get some lyricism some cool flows in there so yeah now appreciate your time man i'm excited to see 21 has for you and what we see in your future as well no problem man thanks for having me you know just you know once this drops i'm gonna share it everywhere so <laughs> y'all be on the look yo that's all i gotta say I'm, I'm excited to see it, man. But yeah, I appreciate your time. I hope uh, we get to speak again soon and I'm excited to see you next drop. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for all upcoming podcast news. Bye for now.